let's shift gear to a, a very important topic, namely uh, risk management. How do you define risk? I know that you uh, are not a big fan of uh, standard deviation. <laughs> so so uh, uh, how do you define risk in, in, in your own uh, methodology? Well, I think, uh, you know, again, from, from, my, uh, from my sort of philosophical position, I'm very suspicious of any kind of you know, things like VAR or any kind of uh, the standard risk risk metrics. I just think that you know risk is out there, and your and your worst drawdowns always in the future. And and I find I think if you look if you look back over time, you find again some pretty standard risk profiles. When you look at anybody who's been around for say 20 years or so, or maybe even 10, almost every every one of those managers has had a a major drawdown by which I'd characterize as 50% or more and usually just one, right? You know, I was fortunate and mine didn't happen until 2013. So I went for a long time and living a charmed life in a way, but you know, anybody who's been around for a while has had one of those catastrophic drawdowns. And in some cases those are called blowups and they, they go out of business. Somebody like Richard Dennis did it three times, I think. You know, if you can live through those, which again is much more, much more a uh, function of, of of how well your business is run and how stable, uh, you know, how stable your client support is and how dedicated your marketing team is. If you can ride through those, then then you can come out the other side. Okay, so I'm I'm sort of getting off the subject, but as far as as far as risk goes, no, I, I think the risk profiles of to some extent you can over over manage risk. There's just, there's just some things you just have to accept and you can't really control. And I think the most important uh, important uh, factor that has to do with risk is whether the whether the manager is going to lose his head or not. You know, the people who've who've survived in this business are people who've been able to to weather those. Uh, you know, weather drawdowns without, you know, making, yeah, losing their nerve. That's exactly it. And so that's where the risk comes in. The risk comes in is your manager going to, going to lose it. Uh, that's, that's where the ultimate risk. And if you, if you believe that your guy's going to stay the course, then you should probably stay the course too. So am I right in saying that from listening to what you've explained so far, that, that risk is really something you look at market by market uh, and that, Intramarket correlations per se uh, is not going to to change the way you size the position in one market, uh, so to speak, when an opportunity arises. Or is is that a fair way of describing it? Well, I don't think in, you know, say risk in terms of I'm obviously sizing my position market by market based yeah. upon volatility. Yeah. So I mean, you're using risk in a different in a different sense. You know, if you're talking about portfolio risk, then that's a different, you know, a different topic, shall sure. we say. Okay. And it has to do with how the markets interact. And, and as we say, if they're, if they're highly correlated, then, you know, then you're, you know, there's a larger risk in the standard deviation sense. That is, there's a larger variation, right? But once again, I don't believe, you know, that's not something you you really have anything but sort of the grossest control over. You can, you're controlling that in some sense by the amount of leverage you're taking. But to think that you can manage that in some sense, I think, is illusory. Yeah. No, no, that's that's fine. Now, you, you mentioned yourself that uh, all managers go through a drawdown and, and uh, that, you know, you've been there as well. Uh, and obviously, uh, managers who've been around for a long time have gone through 
many drawdowns, maybe not as as, as, as big as, as a 40 or 50 percent, but there will be drawdowns, uh, you know, along the way. Now, I'm going to quote uh, someone that you may be familiar with uh, and who wrote a few years ago. Uh, it's David Drews, and he wrote a few years ago that here's an amazing thing about robust systems. The more robust a system, the more volatile it tends to be. This is because robust systems are not optimized to particular markets or market conditions. The converse is also true. You can design systems with excellent returns and low volatility on historical testing, but which work only for a given period or given market. These systems tend to be curve fit and market fit and not robust. Um, now, this is completely uh, probably against what most people will feel that Robust systems are the ones that are more volatile, but but I, I, I sense from our conversation today that, that that's a conclusion you've come to as well. Yeah, well, I know David, and he's right, and I think this is a conclusion that most people who've been in the business for a while would would come to, and it's what I call. I mean, I mean this this is in contrast to uh, perhaps the dominant uh, quant paradigm, you know, which is you know picking up nickels in front of a steamroller. In other words, you can design systems like long-term capital or whatever that uh, can give you smooth returns for a while. But you're, what, the, what those systems are doing, in my, in my opinion, are, are what I call warehousing risk. So essentially, it's like, as you, and I think it's the same sort of thing that Dave is talking about. You, you can design a system that essentially accumulates risk in some in, in some sense, and that when it finally breaks out, it just, it happens in a big way, and and uh, and this is of course what what happened in the lead up to the uh, financial crisis. Uh, you had all these people you know, developing these securitizations and all these sorts of things. And it was just, they were just setting, you know, setting the system up for a major, a major break. But in the short term, while, while that was going on, everybody was happy because everybody was making money and, and, uh, it, and, and the apparent risk was very low. That's what I, what I think a, you know, like a trend follower tends to do is I'm essentially how do you say this? Taking risk on, on an ongoing basis, I'm realizing risk. We're, we're, I'm not warehousing it. I'm, I'm, I'm recognizing it and realizing it, and that's just part of the game. And I think any, you know, any sort of um, viable long-term investment has to do that, because otherwise, it's it's uh, it's a, a disaster waiting to happen. Sure. A lot of people say, you know, we, you hear entrepreneurs talk about it all the time that they they learned a lot from the adverse time in their career and, and so on and so forth. What about drawdowns? What have you learned from your drawdowns? Maybe have you learned anything from the the, 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 the big drawdown you had more recently um, that was different to to what you've seen before? No. Um, you know, you have, uh, there's two kinds of drawdowns. You said every, you know, certainly there's the garden variety drawdown, for, yeah. which for me might be 20 to 30%. Sure. And that's just part of do, doing business. They're not pleasant. But on the other hand, uh, and the problem is, is, is the, even the ordinary drawdowns are likely to cause uh, <laughs> anguish to, to your clients. Sure. But in terms of your system, these are pretty much, you know, just part of the game. Uh, when you get what I call a, a catastrophic drawdown, say something 50% or greater, one, I think those are pretty rare. As I say, I would say most, uh, you know, a trader might experience 
something like that once in once in 20 years or whatever and and so once again it's just a matter of living through it when it happens but in terms of my experience with that uh no i don't know i suffered but but i didn't change anything and uh as i say the the following year i was up 85 percent or something so uh, to me the existence of drawdowns large or small at least in my experience uh, have not had any particular bearing on in other words, I don't use those as evidence that my system's not working, right, or that something needs to be fixed. And and the reason for that is, as I say, I have this, you know, I have this underlying faith, and I think faith is the only word for it, that markets will continue to exhibit persistence. That is, the trend following, you know, is sort of a universal or at least a, a, a persistent, <laughs> if that's the word, behavior of the markets. And... As I say, that's under that's uh, supported by the fact that the markets are are subject to f- the fundamental economics uh, that don't change. Sure. 